Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Happy Monday afternoon to you. So Dollar General is in some trouble, uh, and there's actually a settlement in this case now over the reason a cashier was fired. Yeah, she was pregnant. <laughs> and that's it. And it seems like that's illegal. So, yeah, you can't just fire somebody for being pregnant. Uh, this woman who works in, at a Dollar General in Georgia says she was fired immediately after telling her store manager of her pregnancy. Uh, they paid out a $42,500 se- settlement. So that was smart. <laughs> that's a great way to lose forty two grand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, yeah, they said the Dollar General worker was fired right after telling her manager of her pregnancy in September of 2020. The agency, being the U.S. Equal Opportunity Commission, uh, sued f- to obtain monetary damages on the fired worker's behalf. And when she uh, spoke to her store manager about returning to her job, the manager wanted to know if it was safe for her to work while pregnant at Dollar General. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, and she said, yeah, uh-huh. I, I, can, I, I can work just fine while I'm pregnant. Thank you very much. Um, she was not allowed to return. Later got a separation notice saying she was terminated for health reasons. <laughs> <laughs> a baby. That's one way to put it. Wow. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and as we said, it seems like that's very illegal. Um, it's just another one of those stories that makes you sit there and smack your head and think, how did this person become a manager and not know you can't fire somebody for being pregnant? And Dollar General has 19,000 stores. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little bit of training. Like, this is under the category of things you didn't know you had to tell people. Now you have to tell people. Here are all the reasons you can't fire someone because it's against the law. Now, here's and that bit about the the manager saying, well, is it safe for you to work while you're pregnant? And her saying, yes, under the uh, the Anti-Discrimination Act um, and the Americans with Disabilities Act. If you're going to do that, it, like, let's say, for example, that it was going to be dangerous for her, that you know, mm-hmm. she would have to do a lot of heavy lifting or whatever else, and that at a certain point in her pregnancy, uh, she would not be able to fulfill all of the functions of her job. It's still illegal to fire her yeah. because at that point, it's up to the employer to accommodate any job limitations that a worker has because of pregnancy, childbirth, or related medical conditions. They have to do it. They have to accommodate you, not the other way around. They don't have to like it. Nope. They don't have to like that. I'm trying to think of what 
What job at Dollar General? Yeah, maybe the heavy lifting. Maybe that's a good example. If you can't do the heavy lifting while pregnant. So okay, gets, so you got to work the cashier. Right. They get then. somebody else to do that. Right. Um, do they have to keep the job open for you? If you are taking your three months or whatever to be home with your baby, do they have to keep the job open for you if they don't offer maternity leave? I don't know. I think so. Um, I know maternity leave they have to, but if they don't offer that, yeah, I, and you just take it off without pay. I don't know that part of the, the law well enough, unfortunately. Somebody does. So if that's you, yeah, what what does that say? If your job doesn't offer it, um, isn't that under FMLA? And that's what I wondered. But do you get FMLA if it's an hourly, you know, if you're just working 20 hours a week? Right. Do you get FMLA? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, if, if you're aware, if you know what the law says about that, hop on the phone. I'm on three. Five eight six seven seven nine eight, but just yeah. I mean, how do you not know? Pregnant? Oh, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to let you go. Is not the kind of thing that uh, you're gonna be able to get away with. I'm surprised, honestly, that the settlement, considering the fact that they didn't let her come back, is as low as it is. I was just about to say that because now I'm looking at the release from the EEOC just to see what else was in this, and I thought that too. And I wonder, um, is this separate front? No. Can she, would she file a lawsuit on her own too? Or is this the suit that she would have filed? She could have, but yeah, this is the suit that she would have filed. So if EEO is going to go after him, have them do it. I didn't know if they were, they do it, they do it automatically. Like it's just a part of, and then she can do it on her own also, because that just doesn't seem like a high enough amount. Um, and I wonder how they came to that figure. If it was just how much they figured she lost. They said they sought back pay, front pay, <laughs> First time I've heard that term. Compensatory damages and punitive damages for the employee and injunctive relief to prevent future discrimination. That number should have been higher. Yeah. Uh, the answer to your question, by the way, to qualify for FMLA, a part-time employee must work at least uh, approximately 24 hours a week. Does it say for how long? Uh, no, that just has to be your shift. So on average, over the course of your employment, you would have had to work 24 hours a week or more. I wonder, like, if you just started there three months ago and then you take your oh, FMLA, do they oh, give it to you? I see what you say. Uh, no, that's not covered. So I guess it's, um, hmm. yeah, that may I know, be I'm a, going in the weeds. I'm just curious. That may be a different part of the, of the law. Oh, wait, yeah, here it is, as a matter of fact. Employees are eligible for leave if they have worked for their employer at least 12 months. So you have to be there okay. a year. Okay. So she was eligible for all of that. For sure, you can't just fire her because she says, hey, I'm going to have a baby. No. Congratulations, you lose your job. <laughs> yeah. Way uh, to go. Yeah, and and the the intricacies, it's funny because there are so many twists and turns and little nooks of, of that law about mm -hmm. why you can fire somebody and why you can't. This is why HR exists. Right. Is to keep, <laughs> right. It's to keep companies from getting sued when they fire somebody. Uh, but it is, it's labyrinthine, the, the kind of things that they have, the hoops that they have to jump through, which is a mixed metaphor, but still. Uh that it, it's not an easy task to fire somebody. You have mm -hmm. to be very careful why you do it. But I mean, that's just such a glaringly obvious one. It also, I wonder what rules exist. Again, Dollar General is so big that before you can fire someone on any level, do you have to get approval from somewhere up the, up the food chain? Or can a manager of an individual store just fire someone if they want to. <laughs> yeah. If, if so, that's a really bad idea. And yeah. this is Make why. them go through one level up. 
I don't know what the next level up is, but go to the next level up. Right. And when, and when they said it was immediate, I mean, that kind of gives you the impression that that's exactly what happened, that that manager felt that it was in his or her discretion to say, nope, you're gone. Goodbye. We don't want you here anymore. Yes. Uh, if you have thoughts on this one, 913-586-7798. Real quick, um, I want to talk about Airbnb for a second. Um, because Brian Chesky, who is the CEO of Airbnb, is trying to do a lot of things differently. And I just laugh because a couple of things that he wants to do, I thought, well, then do it. Like, you're the CEO and you've got a lot of power here. Do it. Um, but he he acknowledges that it seems like the, the ball's getting away from him a little bit in terms of the prices that hosts are charging for their properties, which he thinks is getting out of control. And he wants them to rein that in. And he, he still wants them to get rid of some of the cleaning fees and scale back some of the cleaning fees, which is great. I didn't realize that prices of Airbnbs were getting so high. I don't stay in them very often. Then cap what people can charge. I mean, you can make changes in your system. You created the system. Cap what people can charge per bedroom or something. How much control does Airbnb have over that? I mean, can, can they, in fact, limit you with what you're allowed to charge? I don't know, but why couldn't they? Because if if I remember right, they set their business up the same way that uh, that Uber and Lyft did, where it, if you're the renter, if you own the property and you're renting it out to somebody, that they don't really have a relationship with you. Do you know what I mean? That um, I do, yeah. That you're effectively a contractor. They're not your boss. But I have been an independent contractor before. I'll put myself in that position where in the truest definition of the form, an independent contractor. I worked for another company, did work for them, but they set the rates okay. for the work that I did. So it seems like, they, yeah, they should have that kind of control um, because I know th there were reasons why, most of, mostly dealing with insurance, that they didn't want to be, the they, they wanted to be an agent. They, they said, okay, we're not the owner of the property. We're not the renter. We want to just introduce you to. That's going to be our only thing, and everything else we're going to be hands off. So maybe if they start digging into that, it's going to start costing them. It, for sure it does, and it gets to be a mess. Think about how many properties are listed on Airbnb, yeah. and if you're going to go through and try to come up with a framework for what that makes my head spin. How do you come up with a framework for what the rubric for what people get to charge? You'll have a ton of hosts then that'll drop uh, yeah. off Airbnb and go to VRBO instead or Verbo <laughs> instead. Right. A lot of people are on both, but they'll drop Airbnb entirely. Uh, sure. Because especially as regards the cleaning fee, what you're going to have there is you can either have a flat cleaning fee, which everybody can charge 200 bucks, which doesn't make any sense because you'd be paying the same cleaning fee for a one room you know, right. mini efficiency apartment as you would if you rented out a mansion for the week. So that that doesn't really work. It's going to cost a whole lot more to clean one or the other. You could kind of do it, I guess, by square footage. But couldn't you put rules on it? Like the the joke about Airbnb a lot is like, hey, you know, your your property is $200 for the one night you're going to stay there, but your total bill is 785 because the cleaning fee is 200 and then Airbnb gets a cut and the host gets a cut. The cleaning fee is contentious because most hosts don't prorate that based on how long your stay is. It's 200 bucks if you were there one night or if, there were, if you were there seven nights yeah. because their cleaning crew just comes in once. 
And that seems ridiculous. So couldn't they put some limits on that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same thing as people who sell like a gold bracelet on eBay for five bucks, but the shipping is 450. Right. <laughs> you know, you're just you're shuffling money around it. You're still paying the same amount. But, yeah, they, they draw you in with, ooh, it's only five dollars. Well, not exactly. To the texter just said Airbnb charges both the guest and host service fees. Cut back on that first. That's going to cost them money. Although yeah. they make less money if if hosts charge less too. So yeah, that was a pandemic thing. Cleaning fees got absolutely <laughs> out of control and, and there was no running it in. So we'll see how much control he actually ends up having over it. All right, coming up, we'll talk about this chase uh, in Maine, 55 miles an hour. Why was this one complicated? We'll get to that coming up here on KMBZ. All right, we go to Maine for this next story. Uh, 55 miles is how long this chase went. And every detail in this story is weird. I mean, car chase, okay, those happen. They can happen anywhere. I, I didn't know they happened in places like Lincoln, Maine, but apparently it did. And get this, we start with a game warden who was investigating a complaint about a moose. We don't know exactly what the complaint was. I think it was probably something along the lines of, there's a moose on my property, and I would rather he not be. So the, the they did not chase the moose, by the way. But the game warden went to investigate the moose complaint, and when he was there, he saw a vehicle leaving a nearby pulp and tissue mill there's bizarre detail number two, mm -hmm. at a high rate of speed. They suspected that the person was trespassing and stealing. I don't know what you steal at a pump and uh, at a pulp and tissue mill, but apparently something. Um, because the, when the vehicle drove away at a high rate of speed, noticing that the game warden investigating the moose complaint had seen them leave, they tried to run him over. <laughs> okay. And so after they almost ran over the warden, the warden called the cops and the cops uh, began a high speed pursuit that ended more than 90 minutes later in Haynesville, 55 miles away, after police deployed tire deflation mats and other techniques to slow the vehicle down. So it's it's the spike strips and all of the stuff you would normally use. They did the Pittman over too. Yeah, oh, did they? Yeah, and and yeah. two people, passengers in the car were taken into custody and charged with crimes, including theft and criminal trespassing. So it seems like they did steal something at the pulp and tissue mill, but they weren't, they didn't enumerate what it was. I'm sending you, John, now a longer version of the story. <laughs> oh, do we have more detail coming? Oh, uh, Just a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. I wanted to see what road they, where do you do a 55 mile chase in Maine? I was trying to figure out like there's one interstate that goes through. Uh -huh. um, but that's not included in here. Um, state trooper located the vehicle on Route 2, and a high-speed pursuit ensued. <laughs> like, you need to look at a map and just see where that would even go. Well, also take into account that it's, it was a 90-minute chase that only uh -huh. went 55 miles, uh -huh. which means their high-speed pursuit was about 40 miles an hour. It's very windy there. That's what I was wondering. Like, if you're on, if you've ever driven like upstate Maine, it's a lot of peninsulas that, uh -huh. that stick out into the ocean. And so it's, unless you're on the interstate, which is inland pretty far, it is. It's a lot of curvy up, down, around corners and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, the driver is Michael Goodwin, 32 years old of Orient. Yeah, he initially fled the scene, but was quickly located and taken into custody without further incident. 
he's facing all kinds of charges now, not just in in, in many jurisdictions. Uh, he was arrested on a warrant for failing to appear in court. <laughs> Also charged with eluding, passing a roadblock, and driving to endanger operating after suspension and criminal speeding, he will face more charges from the warden service and the Lincoln Police Department. Yeah, for What's trying the to, warden service going to get him on. Yeah, for trying to run over the game warden. Oh, so, that too. Yeah, yeah uh, they went after him for that. Apparently, or they're going to. Two passengers were transported to the Lincoln Police Department, where they posted bail: Zachary Hitchcock, age twenty-nine, of Wyndham, and Shane Godfrey, age thirty-four, also of Orient, Maine, charged with theft and criminal trespassing. I still want to know what do you steal from a pulp and tissue mill? I couldn't imagine a say you're not going to have a lot of cash on hand. I'm not thinking. And, and the only stuff that's going to be in there is equipment related to pulp and tissue. I'm, I'm having a hard time. I just Googled pulp and tissue mill. What can you steal? And it gets me to a Reddit thread that doesn't tell me what I want to know. Of course there's a Reddit thread for that. Why wouldn't there be? So is there money in wood chips? Because that's what is coming up. Like the, the pulp and the paper, but like it starts with wood oh, chips. Oh wow! Can you imagine if they went in and stole that stuff to do like their landscaping with? <laughs> you know or is I mean? there a black market for wood chips? <laughs> I always want to know where the black market for things is. Is that I, well, is there a black market for that? If it's, it's Maine. If it's going to be anywhere, it's going to be in Maine. Absolutely. Um, that, yeah, I I I don't even know what the inside. I know what the inside of a paper mill looks like. And, and there's no place you want to be. It's just all industrial. It's I would assume that a pulp and tissue mill would be about the same. We are the second largest company or second largest country in terms of paper and paperboard production in the world. I'm learning all kinds of stuff on wow. Wikipedia. Okay. Second behind China. And I would assume Maine of all the states is one of the highest producing states in the country. A lot of logging going on up there, sure. Right. Like Maine and Washington probably are going to be right up there, but it doesn't tell me this. <laughs> Equipment maybe you can steal? This still doesn't tell me what you can steal. I actually found a site called Inside a Tissue Paper Mill. Oh, do tell. <laughs> oh, let's see. 60 Minutes Go Behind the Scenes or something? I guess. Uh, this is from the industry paper, Paper TR. Um, they said there are four main sections of the mill, stock preparation, tissue machine, rewinder, and converting line. Um, yeah, it's all just big industrial machinery that's related to the making of paper. You you have to be right. It's got to be wood pulp. Yeah. A, a wood pulp or wood chips. That's They, they must have been stealing that there's nothing else of value in there. So now I'm on the site. What is Beachopedia? What is generally the focus of this? Because this is where I have now a whole thing on pulp mills. <laughs> Beach, B-E-A-C-H-apedia. Like there's Investopedia and yeah. Votopedia and stuff like that. I don't know what Beachopedia is, but it's given me I would have in guessed, depth. Yeah, beaches, but apparently not. B e a c h a. Uh huh. I'll send you this link. P e d. Wow. I'm if my computer won't even get there. Uh, yeah, and, that's okay, I'm learning. That's more than a little strange. I now have the diagram of the pulp mill process and water flow <laughs> is on this site. Beachopedia captures decades of experience and knowledge gained by Surfrider Foundation activists, <laughs> scientists, and staff through hundreds of environmental and educational. Oh, okay, so it's it's a, uh, environment. it's environmental okay. stuff. Got it. Because this is criticized a lot for being oh yeah paper. a major producer of water pollution. Yes, paper is a very very dirty process. Okay. 
wow, where did we start with this? This feels like, yeah, wood pellets <laughs> being the things steal that they from steal. A paper mill, yeah. Yeah. Conversations we've never had before. I figured it was equipment. I thought you're stealing expensive equipment. Yeah, it's all too big. Uh, yeah, that stuff's not. just giant. You got these massive hoppers and rollers and stuff. So, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't. <laughs> right. We'll leave it there. You're welcome, everybody. Um, okay, tell us we're, uh, what we're going to hear. Oh, coming yeah. Up. This is a very cool thing. Uh, and thanks again to The Morning Show for promoting this for us. Um, the makers of the movie Airplane, uh, the, you know, the Zucker Brothers and Jim Abrams, uh, brilliant filmmakers. They gave us Kentucky Fried Movie and Airplane and the Naked Gun series. I mean, so much comedy related to these guys. And after all this time, after 42 years, I guess, They have finally written the book of the making of Airplane. It's called Surely You Can't Be Serious, The True Story of Airplane. And two of them, David Zucker and uh, and, and Jim Abrams, are going to talk with us a little bit about that book in just a couple of minutes. All right, we'll get to that next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 98.1 KMBZ, John Grayson here with you and thrilled to have our next guests on the program. I mean, like you, Airplane is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's hard to believe it's been 43 years since that thing hit the theaters and just took the world by storm. And yet here we are now with a brand new book out called uh, Surely You Can't Be Serious, The True Story of Airplane. And two of the men who brought us that movie, the directors, uh, David Zucker and Jim Abrams, online with us. And gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thanks. It's so great to talk to you. And we've got so much to go over in this because I want to know a little bit about the the building of this movie to take the kind of comedy that was present in movies like Kentucky Fried Movie and turn that into, okay, what if we did that same kind of thing in a long form story format? Talk a little bit about the development of that idea. Kentucky Fried Movie was kind of a forerunner because we did this, uh, the Chopsaki spoof of Enter the Dragon as a mini movie within a movie. Yes. All the characters were serious. And so we, you know, we thought this could probably work in a long form movie, a a whole with a whole plot. And actually, we actually wrote the first draft of Airplane before we did Kentucky Fried Movie. 
No kidding. In the movie itself, I'm also curious about Zero Hour, where, where a lot of the tropes came from, a lot of the character names came from. That movie was not a hit, even in 1957 when it came out. How did that become the perfect framework on which to hang Airplane? Well, we, we came across Zero Hour because we used to do this uh, live show called Kentucky Fried Theater, and we would always get material by taping uh, shows that were on in the middle of the night because that's when the silliest commercials came on and the stupidest movies came on and whatnot. So we would just leave our uh, tape recorder play all night and we'd get to work in the morning and see what we'd found. And one morning we got to work and we had caught this movie called Zero Hour, which was a 1957 melodrama starring Sterling Hayden and Linda Darnell and Dana Andrews. And it was the story of airplane, but done very seriously in a very melodramatic uh, style. There was actually a line in zero, zero hour, kind of an iconic line that said, we, <laughs> we got to find someone back there who not only can fly this plane, but who didn't have fish for dinner. <laughs> and when, we, when we came across that, it was like manna from heaven. Yes. Well, and the movie was so overwrought. I mean, it, it, it seems like that would be the perfect thing to parody because it took itself so bloody seriously. Exactly. And and, and then to uh, layer on that, Robert Stack and Leslie, yes. before we met them, appeared to have no sense of humor at all. Uh, and, and that's why it worked so well, because, the, you know, audiences' impression of these stiffs were the same as, as we had. Yeah, but with Leslie Nielsen, though, I, I've got a good friend who is friends with Leslie Nielsen and got from him the fart bag. And yeah. so, I mean, famous for the practical jokes and all of that stuff. I mean, that became a little bit of an issue on set. Yeah. Stories of, on the set where, you know, not only he would he do that fart machine in the middle of somebody's serious line to crack them up, but uh, he sold those little diaphragm things to everybody on the set, all the crew. And and everybody was doing them all the time. And the assistant director had to like clamp down and say, no, you can't. They're not allowed. We would actually do some live TV publicity with with Leslie and he'd go on live TV and the interviewer wouldn't know it. And he had his fart machine. <laughs> and so right in the middle of the interview, he'd go, you know, and rip off a fart. And the interviewer, the interviewer had no idea how to oh, do yeah. it. Or we'd be on a press tour. I, I find myself like in Charlotte, North Carolina, on a crowded elevator with Leslie, and he would do the fart machine, and you know, <laughs> couldn't get off of the elevator fast enough. Just brilliant. And I want to talk a little bit about the stars too, because Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty were not household names at the time, and I think that really worked in the movie's favor for them to be these crazy characters that we didn't really identify them with anything yet. Certainly they became bigger stars afterward, but they were really involved in the movie itself in the way that it played off on screen, yeah? Absolutely. I mean, we we didn't, uh, the the most important thing was, you know, we didn't want anyone who was associated uh, with comedy. So, but, and Bob had been in a sitcom, but it, it was okay. You know, he, he, he was perfect for the role. And Julie had been a model and uh, had not been in a movie before. But when she came in to read for us, we just knew we had our, uh, our, our, uh, we, we, we kind of thought that, uh, that character, Julie's character, she was in Zero Hour, she was played by Linda Darnell. 
who's kind of a heavy melodramatic actress and later and then julie came in to read and forget it all, all of our preconceptions were we forgot about because she was so sweet and so innocent um she pulled all that stuff off and bob actually didn't tell us till years later that he, this was not our direction but he figured out for himself that he was going to play this movie as though he was really a serious guy with PTSD who really had a drinking problem and was trying to get his girl back and um, found himself in the middle of all this nutsiness. And when you look at all of his reactions during the during the course of the movie, that's exactly how he played it. And he was brilliant. And so it was a surprise to us, too. Yeah. Well, and I'm so glad that you did, because I mean, that, there's still such a hunger for that. I mean, 43 years later, we're all still saying I am serious and stop calling me Shirley. So, I mean, it's just it's wow. become that iconic. The book is Surely You Can't Be Serious, the true story of Airplane. It's out now from our guests, David Zucker and Jim Abrams and gentlemen for the movie, for the laughs, for the book, for all of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care. There's plenty more to come here. John Grayson here with you on 98.1 KMBZ. All right. This next story is absolutely everywhere about the price of the speeding ticket that this guy got. It's just a really great headline everywhere that doesn't actually tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah, but but for him, it was very real for a short period of time. A guy by the name of Connor Cato was out driving home on September 2nd when he was pulled over by the Georgia State Patrol. This is in Savannah or in that area, Chatham County. And uh, he, now he admits he was speeding and they clocked him doing 90 in a 55. Now in Georgia, that puts you in a special category. Usually it's like 15 miles an hour over the limit. And it, it just depends on what kind of points you get off of your, your on your driver's license. But in Georgia, they have a special category called super speeder. <laughs> and if you're going a, a certain number of miles an hour over the limit, you are deemed a super speeder. So that's what this guy was doing, doing 90 miles an hour in a 55. So he was 45 miles, no, 35 miles an hour over the speed yeah. limit. And uh, so when he was pulled over, he was given the ticket. And when he got home, he noticed that uh, what what it said is you have two choices. You can pay the ticket or you can appear in court. So he thought, gee, I wonder what it would cost me to pay the ticket. And that's when he found out that the amount written on the ticket was $1.4 million. <laughs> Needless to say, he was not impressed. That's what the lady told him on the phone when he called. Yep. And he said, this might be a typo. And she said, no, sir. You either pay the amount on the ticket or you come to court 1.30 p.m. on December 21st. And she insisted that it, it had to have been correct and that it it wasn't a clerical error. Um, and this eventually, how did this eventually get figured out? Well, what, eventually... yeah, what happened was yeah, he kept going down the chain. I guess he finally, uh, you know, agreed to the court date, but he kept going. Uh, he said, I thought it was a clerical error, but then you, you told me you followed up and apparently it's not a clerical error. But he said, but again, I've never seen something like this ever. And according to one of the the experts that uh, the folks at WSAV in Savannah contacted about this, he said you should never pay over the maximum amount for traffic violations. Misdemeanor charges in the state of Georgia, Georgia which traffic violations are, can only go up to $1,000. So there's no way you could get a ticket that would cost you $1.4 million or anything close to it. They said it was a placeholder. 
Right. Like something, a number you just put on the ticket when you don't have a number yet. Yep. Uh, generated by e-citation software used by the local recorder's court that is automatically applied to super speeders. Right. And, different. and that's what he found out is that if you were in that super speeder category, you don't have a choice. You can't just pay the ticket. You have right. to go to court and, and you know, presumably they're going to then nail you with court costs and things like that. So what they do is if they don't have an amount that you can pay as a placeholder on the ticket, the, the machine automatically puts in nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. It just fills it all in with nines. But. <laughs> okay. How we get to 1.4 million is it starts calculating other fees that you might be obligated to pay, and those are based on a percentage of the fine. Uh, they said the programmers who design the software use the largest number possible, all of the nines, uh, because super speeder tickets are a mandatory court appearance, like you said, and do not have a fine amount attached to them, so they just put all nines in there. Yep. And, huh. and so that happened, and then it added in other costs and other fees that would go along with that ticket that came up to $400,000 because the initial fee was so high. So it based it off of that and said, okay, I'm going to estimate here that he's going to owe $1.4 million. So he does not, which is the good news. The bad news is he has a court date with, with what I'm going to guess is probably not a very amused judge. Wouldn't most states call that reckless driving? Yes. Like over a certain amount, most states. So I wonder if Georgia has that also, if that's the next step it up could after be. super speeder. Yeah. Is reckless driving. And which that's, like, yeah, that could have been one of the things that it added in. The genius that it took to come up with the name <laughs> and not just a speeder. You're, you're a big speeder. It's Bad a, speeder. I picture the guy wearing a cape, you know, with two S's right. on it. I'm super speeder. Sounds Connor like Cato, too. What a name for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his alias. That's that's like his, uh, his regular guy name, you know? Mm -hmm. Also known as Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah, you're right. Connor Cato's a pretty good name for that. They should steal that over at Marvel. That's great. So, yeah, he, he got it all figured out. But um, <laughs> And th again, this story is on every site that I looked at this morning. It just, everybody loves this one yep. that that he was able to get uh, sorted out. Okay, it looks like DVDs are going away from yet another place. Best Buy is the latest to be phasing out the DVD and Blu-ray sales by early next year. Uh, physical movies will be sold in stores and online through the holidays. Uh, video games will not be affected. Yeah, it, it, they make way too much profit off of video games. But yeah, I mean, who's buying DVDs now? Who's buying CDs now for that matter? Who's going into Best Buy? <laughs> <laughs> the last time I went into Best Buy, it's happened to me twice when I have been out of town and didn't bring a long enough Ethernet cord with me. Uh, I have yeah. a 100 foot. I had one experience where 100 feet was not long enough. Wow. Best Buy was the only place I knew I could get one right away and immediately. And both times I returned it when I got home. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them that. to do that. Yeah, don't say that out loud. One time I did it after the, they give you a window of time. It's like 10 days and I missed that. So I'm now sitting on like a $60 credit to Best Buy and no clue what to do with it. Yeah. The only time that uh, we went not that long ago, but it was probably the first time in a couple of years that we had walked into a Best Buy. Um, yeah. Cause we got a washer and dryer. Uh, that we ended up getting from them. And Jen wanted to look at cameras because cameras are one of those things that you kind of have to hold it in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're, you're getting what you is, is the weight, anything that you, that where the weight is important. Yep. 
I want to be able to hold it. And the ergonomic so. structure of the thing. Yeah. Does it does it fit you? You know, can you see through it fairly well? All of that. So, yeah, you're right. Outside of that, I order stuff. You know, I order stuff off of Amazon or whatever or or Best Buy in a pinch or eBay in a pinch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it makes sense for them, too, because what I wonder is what they're going to do with the floor space. Mm-hmm. Because those DVD and CD racks take up a big chunk of the floor space in your average Best Buy. My guess is, from what I learned the last time that we were in there, is they're probably going to start filling it up with drones. I was just wondering, like, what's the next area of technology that would take up some space? And drones would. Yeah. Given that they're bigger. Not that they're new, but they're still, I mean, just skyrocketing in popularity all the time. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of them there, but there's not any, they're not as spread out. And most of them were under the counter. So you had to kind of go looking for them. Or phones. I just figure anything associated with Apple or iPhones yeah. is, because there are so many things, would also take up some space. All so. of the things, yeah. So, yeah, I I, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm of two minds about this. I understand that most stuff is available on streaming now, but what I wonder is, uh, and yes, you can, what I wonder is... <laughs> um, you know, what about those obscurities? What about those movies that are not available on streaming anywhere? Because I watch some really offbeat stuff, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll go out looking for a movie and figure, okay, Amazon's going to be my last resort because they're going to charge me to watch it. It's only three bucks, <laughs> but whatever. Right. Um, but it's usually there, and if I can't find that, I'm going to be stuck trying to find a DVD somewhere. And with Best Buy getting rid of them, I guess it's it's really kind of a wash because Best Buy is not going to have a lot of that obscure stuff anyway. That's what I was wondering. They probably didn't have a lot in stock anyway. No, but they could usually order it. And and that's that's why uh, I'm of two minds on this. There's nobody really doing that. Somebody needs to do that, by the way. If, if you're looking for that brick and mortar to open, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do this because it's probably financially a horrible idea. But if somebody had that stuff, I would be in there all the time. The same way we used to go through, uh, you know, record albums on the racks. Mm-hmm. I would go through weird DVDs just looking for like Eraserhead 2 or something. <laughs> all right. All our DVD viewers now are calling in <laughs> to explain Special why features, they still watch director's them. Director's cuts. Yeah. 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 Uh, we can go to the phones. Mike is first up out of Topeka. Hey, Mike. Hey guys. Um, so yeah, I am that person who still buys DVDs and Blu-rays. And for me, it was the the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back when all of these uh, streaming services kept raising their prices more and more. And now yeah. they're adding in all these ads and stuff. And I just got sick of it. And so I decided to create my own cloud. Um, I have a little over 700 titles now that, you know, if I, if I like a movie or a TV show or whatever, I'll go out and buy it and then upload it into my own home server yep. that I can access anywhere, just like Netflix, at no charge to me. I, I do the same thing, but it's it's uh, an external hard drive. Same idea. I mean, it's exactly the same, but it's just the functionality is a little bit. Your way is smoother because you can just rip it right to your your server and you're good to go. Right. And and I also don't, you know, I can, the way I've got it set up on my home network, I can access it just like Netflix from anywhere. And, you know, it just, it streamlines the whole service and I, I don't have to pay anything out of pocket for it. So it works out great. Yep. Good deal. All right. Uh, Mike, thanks. Yeah. And the reason that I do it the way that I do it, well, first of all, I don't have a server at home. Um, I'm not raking in Mike bucks, apparently. I was just going to say, you're not setting yours <laughs> up on the cloud. Oh, I, I probably should. But uh, the, yeah, the reason that I do it on a hard drive is because I can take the external hard drive on airplanes with me 
And you can't access the cloud if you don't have internet. Right. So I can just sit there and you know, rip all or watch all of the movies off of my own drive. It's a little clunky. How big is the drive? Yeah, I was just gonna ask. Uh, about the size of a pack of cigarettes. I mean, it's average oh, okay. hard drive size. They're not they're not huge. <laughs> the hard drive this tells you how long it's been since I bought an external hard drive. It's sitting in front of me. I, well, I don't even know what to compare it to, how big it is. Um it's probably Six inches long, six inches wide. Oh, yeah. No, they're much and two smaller. two inches thick. Yeah, this it, is a big one. Not only are they much smaller now, most of them are solid state. So you don't have a spinning disc in there anymore, which is great because if you drop one of those, mm-hmm. they don't like that. I think it's solid state. I think that was the only thing I knew that I had to get when I got one. Yeah, SSD is definitely the way to go. All right. Oh, we can keep going here. I think it's Finn next up in Gladstone. It is indeed. Hey, Finn. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Couldn't be better. Great. How are you doing? Well, I tell you what, John and Jamie, I am so upset over this deal. Now, I don't let this be a well-known number thrown out, except amongst my friends. I have a movie collection in my basement of over 14,000 physical hard copy movies. Wow. All DVD? And I was, oh, oh, no, no, no. There's DVD, Blu-ray, HD DVD. Steelbooks, 3D DVDs, and 4Ks. You didn't say betas in there. I was waiting for the betas. (laughs) I would love to send a picture to Best Buy and said, 80% of these came from your store over the last, eh, I don't know, 12 years. Uh, I think it's a bad move because Target recently cut back horribly on their movie selection. Um, I understand that there's a a company that's going to come in and boost up um, Walmart. Uh, I called a manager over at Bennett Stock and said, hey, somebody just laid the golden egg in front of your door uh, as of the middle of February. There are people that want that physical copy in their hand. Now, I've watched streaming movies at other people's houses. They're just not as clear. You know, it's just. As that as that one you put in that DVD player and or Blu-ray player and watch it on TV, I just I I can't when when I saw this on the internet last Thursday I'm going like oh no, what yeah. have they gone and done? It's it's and John. I know you're a huge movie fan. You and I could talk hours <laughs> about movies. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, and and I agree. I mean, and thank you, uh, thanks, Vin, for saying that. That, yeah. I, I there are still those of us who like that, who just like mm-hmm. the idea of I, if I'm gonna buy a thing, I want to hold it. I want it in my hands, and I I don't mind streaming, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's just that uh, you, as Mike said, you have to have so many different services, and even at that, you're still not gonna have everything. Yeah, and then it's the battery to battery and Wi-Fi and Uh and all of that and the good speakers and everything that you have to have with you, whereas just, although, do I even have a device on which I could play a DVD right now? I think I have an old laptop. Yeah, I was going to say you have a computer, so. The one I'm on doesn't have one, but I think (laughs) the one from the station does. Mine doesn't either, actually. I don't have an optical drive on mine either. That does it. We're at the end of Monday, so that does it for us for the day. Uh, We'll turn this over to Dana Wright. Be back tomorrow here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.